Welcome to Common Ground, a weekly podcast discussing new research and interesting projects in the field of complementary medicine. Hello, my name is Jackie Fay from Common Ground. 830,000 women today are living with endometriosis. Endometriosis affects all aspects of women's lives, from social activities, relationships, work attendance and productivity. Endometriosis is reported to cost Australian society $9.7 billion annually, with two-thirds of these costs attributed to a loss in productivity. March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, and today on Common Ground I have with me Donna Chicha. Donna is the co-founder and a director of Endometriosis Australia and was named in the 2018 Australian Financial Review's 100 Women of Influence. Donna is a member of the Federal Steering Committee for the implementation of the National Action Plan for Endometriosis. Welcome, Donna. Hi, Jackie. Donna, there has been uh, poor awareness of endometriosis, with over half of Australians having never heard of this debilitating disease. Some inroads have been made for putting endometriosis on the map. Where are we at now with the research and awareness? Well, there has been a lot of research going on um, recently in the awareness and um, into the reducing the delay of diagnosis and how we've um, how we've got to that stage. We've got some nice areas with the MRFF um, grant um, that was put out last February, I think. Um, We've got some areas going, some research going on in FODMAPs, diet, in yoga. Um, so trying to broaden that toolkit for um, evidence for different treatments and um, support that we can put in for um, endometriosis patients. Uh, we've also got those other big questions, you know, like what causes it and all of those medical cellular-based type. Uh, research and we've also got a really exciting one which is a um, ultrasound uh, research looking into um, deep infiltrating endometriosis and AI so that will be really quite interesting to help rural and regional centres as well mm. um, and um, there's a lot in mental health going on some research to look in mental health and there's also um, some that I'm involved in, you know, we're looking at workplace and um, tech support and those type of things for endometriosis patients. Mm, fantastic. Well, that's very inspiring to hear. Um, Donna, what is MRFF? What was that? Oh, the Medical Research Futures Fund. Ah, fantastic. Okay, great. Where so we've had quite a bit of money over the past years um so i think around 15 million altogether to go in for nhmrc which is um another research fund with the federal government and the mrff which is another federal government but there's also endometriosis australia um, has given out a hundred thousand dollars in research grants so that went to four different researchers um and we know that there's even cannabis studies with endometriosis as well so there's quite a lot going on Oh. On the smell of an oily rag, mind you. <laughs> it would be great if we had some serious investment on parallels to other diseases that have the same 
or if less numbers, the more endometriosis attracts. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of them at their baseline is around $20 million a year and our 15 million was spread out over five mm -hmm. odd years. So it would be good to have more money to find more answers. Mm, agreed, agreed. So with, you know, as we are aware, there are delays in the diagnosis, very common. Um, where are we at now with the average time from onset of symptoms to diagnosis? So traditionally we've said that it was 7 to 12. So on past research, it's been 7 to 12 years delay in diagnosis on average. The newest research, we, and there were two different separate researchers that delved into this and the results came through late last year and they actually... Um, supported each other in the fact that the delaying diagnosis has now been reduced, reduced down to six and a half years, and that is since the 2013. So um, Endometriosis Australia started in 2013, so I'd like to think that we've had some hand in helping reduce that um, delaying diagnosis from the 12 years down to six and a half. Is that acceptable? Absolutely not. It's still a long time to wait for a diagnosis. So we can do better, but I think raising awareness will help um, create a better understanding for the general community of what endometriosis is. Yes, agreed. That, that is still quite a lengthy period of time. As you said, it's, it, it has chipped it down, but there's still quite um, a road to go, isn't there? Absolutely. So what is the National Action Plan? Are there some priority areas within this space? Yeah, we've, um, the National Action Plan's two years in. We've um, it's been actually quite a lot has been achieved and whilst on a um, public level, it's not, you know, we haven't gone out with all the bells and whistles and fantails to say this has all happened, um, but it ha we've checked off quite a lot on the National Action Plan list but we've still got a little bit to go. Um, so awareness and education. So there are some early education in school programs that have been rolling out in South Australia and I think some in Western Australia. Um, and then that's, then we've got also um, filming, you know, uh, cam ad campaigns um, had gone out. So they've all been completed at this stage. The clinical care, I think, is probably one of the, the great ones that are, um, it's, it's like the standard of care, I mm. think, is probably. Um, so it's for clinicians to know the clinical pathways. So if someone presents with X, Y and Z symptoms and, you know, it's sort of leading them down the clinical pathways, we, Ranskog, have also released um, a... I think it's called uh, RATE. We've got it on our website and I'm sorry, I can't quite remember the name of it, but there is a tool to help people can take it to, you know, take the quiz to wow. see if they are um, likely to present some queries that need to have further investigation. So those kind of things are quite good. And we've also got the research in that collaborative research in um, uh, things like um, uh, the collaborative research in Next Network. So this is where we've got 
clinicians, patients and researchers all coming together to build um, the National Endometriosis Scientific and Clinical Trials Network. So we'll be able to pull in data um, and clinicians are now being enrolled and that's going to start rolling out soon for clinicians and their patients. So we'll be able to, it's kind of a bit like a longitudinal study, you know, we'll collect this data in a central repository and um, then researchers can utilise that facility to um, help unlock all those puzzles of endometriosis. Mm. And is that accessible for practitioners through endometriosisaustralia.org? Um, the next network is is clinician-based, so it's starting. It's a first small trial, so it's a whole big scientific research thing at the moment. Okay. So it'll hopefully we'll be able to incorporate more practitioners as it grows. Fantastic. Look forward to hearing an update on that in good timing. Yeah, it's a good, good way to collaborate, I think. Mm, absolutely. Much needed, isn't it? Yeah. So surgery is the current gold standard of treatment, but despite successful surgery, many, many women still find their pain and symptoms can return within about five years after surgery. So for our complementary medicine practitioners, what are some approaches for management you could suggest or are aware of? Yeah, so with surgery, whilst it is the gold standard, we prefer, you know, is the least amount of surgeries the better for patients in the respect that you want to have one good surgery done well. Right. So find someone who has a really good background and good experience in endometriosis and uses excision and, you know, all those other techniques that they need to give the best outcome to the patients. The reoccurrence rate with endometriosis is 30% uh, reoccurrence in, um, on average in five years. Yeah. Um, and you can still be disease-free but not pain-free. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, pain specialists working on the whole neural feedback as right. well. So as far as complementary practitioners go, um, I think there's a, a whole heap of things that we can do. And I know different modalities will have different approaches. So it might be acupuncture to help um, down, damp down, or it's probably not the worst right word for acupuncture, but tame down those excitabilities of the nervous system. Mm. Um, and you've got you know, nutrition, following anti-inflammatory protocols, looking at FODMAPs, um, looking at different herbs that will do those similar things to help reduce inflammation. Um, and maybe I think um, what puts complementary medicine practitioners ahead is that they have the time to understand their patient to do that full um lifestyle evaluation and how what are their symptoms and how can they um, support that person because not everyone with endometriosis has the same symptoms you know depending on the location of the disease can also very much dictate what their issues are and we know that there's also allied therapies like pelvic pain physiotherapy and you know relaxing the muscles that are short and tight mm. um and those ligaments. So I think if we, um, I like to think we need a village. Yeah. So whilst surgery is the gold standard, everyone else has a role to play. And sometimes patients, we've got to go through a lot of different practitioners to find our right, you know, click with our right team. 
Um, but I know for myself, you know, I go to the osteopath when I need to. I go to the pelvic physio when I need to. I go to the acupuncturist when I need to. So it's sort of like you, you pull on your different modalities depending on your symptoms. Mm, agreed. It's, it's a holistic solution, isn't it? Yeah. And, and quite often um, some women have had multiple surgeries, haven't they? For endometriosis and I have some heard some horrific stories of 40 plus surgeries so, um, and it you know if someone tells you you need to have a surgery every six months or every 12 months then you might need to you know get another opinion um, weigh up that repeat surgery process because of that excitability of the nervous system yes. so um, you know, some people have a really aggressive disease and so there are, you know, limited options, but I think that's where, you know, the complementary medicine can come in and support mm -hmm. those um, those patients that are going through that situation. You know, if you've got bowel problems or if you've got bladder problems, you know, practitioners are so well-equipped to um, support that. Mm, too true and often uh, along with the sort of nervous system effects there is um, scar tissue isn't there I mean you know quite often women are doing from the multiple surgery um, are dealing with scar tissue and then surgery is sort of off the cards as well yeah mm. yeah so it is it is um, scar tissue is an issue and some people suffer from scar tissue and scarring and um much more than others so it's not like a blanket thing for every person um you know it's um you have to go back to that principle of complementary medicine which is treating the individual mm -hmm. and i think um we're best placed to do that and even things like microbiome you know we know that plays such an important role yeah. not with uh, with you know with mental health and with um your Diet, your bowel motions and your bowel health and um, anti-inflammatory motions. So there's a whole heap of different things that um, complementary medicine uh, practitioners can support their patients with or clients mm -hmm. with. And with regards to cannabis, um, have you heard any of the latest research with regards to that for alleviating pain as an analgesic effect? I think some people have had good results, but um, it, there is no, um, there's a, research is being undertaken at the moment. So um, that has not, we haven't had that published yet. So um, I, whilst there's a lot of good anecdotal stuff out there, there's also the exact opposite, some anecdotal evidence. Um, people are saying they're not having good results, but it also depends on, what it is, the THC, CBD ratios, all that kind of stuff, which um, I know that Nikam are doing a research project on. And so I'm really looking forward to um, getting all of that evidence so that we have a bit of um, a better pathway and a bit of um, information that can go to practitioners um, that they can support patients in when they undertake these different therapies. Fantastic. And March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. What have you got um, on the cards for this month and in sort of the near future? We do have a jam-packed month. <laughs> I'm 
heart palpitations at the whole thought of how much it got on in in March. Um, we have quite a few different campaigns. We've got um, a release. We we do these medical webinars um, in different areas of um, endometriosis support. So we have four new webinars coming out um, during March and um, April. We've got. Uh, um, a new thing we're trying for online discussion and we've got a endometriosis Australia symposium for endomarch because normally we have our lovely high teas but due to COVID we cancelled 2020 2021 wasn't going to happen in a face-to-face -face situation so we're doing an online symposium so tickets will be released soon um, it is extremely affordable and it will have some things that are for patients and some things that are for clinicians as well. Um, so I think there's a lot to learn out of the symposium. So that's on the last weekend um, of March. And we have our podcast rolling out every week and blogs. So there's so much information. And we've got a wonderful campaign called Endo Enlightened. And we've got councils all around the country lighting up assets within their town and their city yellow to raise awareness for endometriosis. So we want everyone out there hashtagging, taking photos in front of it and saying, I'm Endo Enlightened. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, well, thanks, Donna, for um, a very interesting update from a research, a collaborative perspective and some ongoing awareness for endometriosis. So if you want to find out further information, please do check out endometriosisaustralia.org. Thank you again, Donna. Thank you.